2: got
0: your local sports fix it's all sports talk on news radio WGNS
3: good afternoon welcome to all sports talk a Friday edition Larry Woody going to join us today longtime sports writer author and columnist Larry where where are your adventures taking you to to today
2: well, Monty, we're, I'm speaking from beautiful downtown Bellbuckle. Buckle. I've been been wandering around all morning, visiting some old Civil War sites. And as I said a minute ago, Monty, I'm on my way on down the road to War Trace. I'm going to visit uh, the boyhood home of Freddie Russell, Fred Russell, the wonderful old banner sports writer. And uh, in my opinion, Monty, the greatest sports writer in history. I think Fred Russell was better than Grantland Rice and Damon Rudyon. And he grew up in War Trace, and uh, there's a little uh, historical marker out front that says the Russell House. So I like to just get out and wander the countryside. I thought I'd go by and see see Mr. Russell's old home place. and It's fun to imagine Freddie Russell grew up, as I say, in War Trace, a c- country boy, ended up traveling the world, uh, and it covered uh, the Olympics in Rome the year that... Uh, Wilma Rudolph was winning the gold, and you think about a, a country war for War Trace ending up in in Rome, Italy. That's a Rome is a long way from War Trace. But right, a wonderful old man, Monty, uh, uh, what, what, a dear friend, even though we are competitors, about in the Tennessee and then he gave me his three books he wrote, and I've been rereading them here lately, and that's what kind of inspired me to come and visit his boyhood home. Those books, Monty, he wrote them. 70, 80 years ago and they're just as delightful to read today as they were when when he wrote them 'em seventy years ago. So wonderful old man, but that's a long a long answer to where am I? I'm in Bell Buckle on my way to War Trace.
3: Well War Trace is a long way for from anywhere.
2: It is, <laughs> and especially Rome, Italy.
3: Yeah, especially Rome. All righty, Larry, um let's see. Um let's talk um uh, let's talk some NASCAR. Uh, you know where it's at I think Kevin harbing Denny Hamlin were winners at Pocono uh you got a you got an early favorite
2: right now well I, I picked uh, uh, Kyle Bush to start the season. of course Kyle's a defending champion almost a no-brainer money uh, but he's he's had a uh, slow first half of the season he hadn't won yet and that's unusual for Kyle he's had some good runs but he hadn't won and so he's you know he's one of those guys reminds me of what Bobby Allison used to say, Mod, he's the second place finisher is just the first loser to cross the line. <laughs> so that's kinda of Kyle's philosophy too. So a great a good storyline, interesting storyline is when when is Kyle gonna start winning. But again we got a whole lot of season left with. But I, I still I I picked Kyle, I'm sticking with us with him. I still think he, he's gonna defend his championship. But a whole lot of great storylines, you know, all the unfortunately all the off track stuff with Bubba Wallace and the and the, the the alleged news, which turns out turned out not to be one, and all that nonsense, distraction. And then off to the, this weekend, off to, to Indy for what used to be the Brickyard 400. You know, I remember, Marty, when it was about 25, or 26 years ago, when they ran the first Brickyard 400. What a what a big deal it was! So, you know, NASCAR's first run at Indy, and they they said, Marty, they sold 400,000 tickets to that race. And of course, that, the grandstands were sold out, and there's no way to know exactly how many. You know, thousands more were in the infield because you can't do it. They just go in and wander around. There could have been, you know, 200,000 infield. In but point being, it, it, uh, Indy said they could have sold a million tickets for that race. In the last few years, you you couldn't give tickets away. I mean, it was that it was a a, a, a marathon there. There wasn't anybody there. It just uh, it just never caught on. It, it the track. Monty, a lot of you and her, a lot of her listeners know it, it just wasn't suited for stock car racing—a big, wide, flat track—and it just the racing wasn't good, and the fans realized it wasn't good, and the interest, the the, the Indy aura, died out after a few trips there. I mean, the magic of Indians—it's yeah, it's a it's a, a historical track. When does the race start? And so it just never caught on, and so NASCAR this year, in an effort to maybe generate a, a little interest and enthusiasm, moved it to the 4th of July weekend to try to, as I say, maybe, maybe kind of a ho- holiday festive kind of thing and perk up interest, and then the pandemic hit, so now I don't know if anybody's going to be there anyway or not, but uh, anyway, a lot, a lot of good storylines starting this weekend at Indy, and then, you know, when is Kyle going to start winning? Jimmy Johnson going to win a race this year. He's, you know, seven-time champion, and he hasn't won a race Going on three years now, this is his last shot. He's going to retire at the end of the season, so he's going to not not only win a championship, which I don't think he's got a chance at, but he's this is, is he just going to win another race before he retires. So great stories. Of course, Bonnie, right down the road from you in Murfreesboro, the the Super Speedway is going to crank cranking back up now. I was out there uh, last week talking to some of the Dover people, and uh, we're going to starting next June, almost a little less than a year from now. The, uh, the super speedway is going to host an annual Cup race, and you talk about a big event, Marty. The, uh, the, they could end up outdrawing the Titans on a on a per race event, a race by race event that could be the biggest sports event in Middle Tennessee. Or I, I think will be the biggest sports event in Middle Tennessee. So, uh, again, right right down the road from Murfreesboro, about halfway between Lebanon and Murfreesboro, so that's going to be a, a major event. Again, again, we have to use that, that caveat depending on what the the, the virus situation is but you know if that thing flares back up, NASCAR, college football, NFL, everything else will close down. so that's one of those unknowns but but barring that, I, I think the Super Speedway Cup race in at, at Gladeville, um, it is going to be one of the biggest sports events and not just middle Tennessee and the nation that, that that June weekend that'll be the biggest sports event in the nation. It's there, there in the little town of Gladeville.
3: You know, when I think of when I think of NASCAR on July Fourth, I think Pepsi Four Hundred in Daytona.
2: Uh, we went there for years, Marty for thirty-five years. Mary Francis and I would go down; that'd be a working vacation. We'd load the kids in the van and head out. We'd spend a, a week at the at, at, at the beach. Mary Francis and the kids would play in the pool and swim in the ocean and do all the. the 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 kitty stuff, and then when I'd get home from the track in the afternoon, we'd we'd shower off and head out to the seafood places and the boardwalk and so forth, and that was our our kids grew up summer vacationing at Daytona around the 4th of July race, it was such a fun event, and back in the old days, the drivers would stay with the media, and my my boys would play with Dale Jr. and Terry Earnhardt in the motel pool, and my daughter would hang out with, with Bud Moore's granddaughters in the pool. And it's just like a family, a big family getting together at Daytona every year around the Fourth of July. And of course, all that's gone now. They've moved the they've moved the the, the 5400, the July Fourth, 400 race but back into uh, on down the schedule to to accommodate the, the switch to to Indy. And again, I just, I, uh, you know, it's I, I don't have a dog in the fight anymore. I'm I'm not covering it, and I, I don't have a family to go down there. But I just think how much fun it used to be, Monty, in the old days, and and how much some of the young people, young families, are going to miss out on by not being able to do what Mary Frances and and our kids used to do every summer. So another part of NASCAR history that's gone by the wayside, and it's personally, I think it's awfully sad to see. For some reason, July 4th and Daytona always seem to go together, at least for my family.
3: We're joined today by Larry Woody. This portion of the show brought to you by... First Bank, where the bank remains true to its ideals since founded in 1906. That's First Bank. We'll take a break and be right back.
1: Don't miss the Durango Boots 4th of July Bash today at French's Shoes and Boots. Family fun from 9 a.m. until 7 p.m. with music, food, gifts, prizes, live performances, and a chance to win a pair of boots every hour. Celebrate the 4th with 20% off a new pair of Durango boots all weekend long. See you at the Durango Boots 4th of July Bash at French's today.
0: It makes good sense to shop at French's. Just shoes and boots.
1: 1837 South Church Street here in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas' Restaurant. We're excited to announce that our dining rooms are back up and running. We may not be at full capacity and we may not have all of your favorite menu items or the favorite touches that you're used to having. But at the same time, we are excited to be able to serve you. We have brought our servers back. We have retrained them. Our cooks are excited to put the steaks on plates that you can cut with a real knife as opposed to plasticware from your home. And I invite you family to come and join our family back at Demas's Restaurants on Broad Street in Murfreesboro.
3: In Rutherford County you know how much it means to have neighbors you can count on. I'm State Farm Agent Andy Wama here to help life go right when you combine home and auto insurance. Call me today at 615- 890-0850 and let me save you money and time. Your home, your auto, together they're where life happens. I'm State Farm Agent Andy Wama. It's smart to protect them together to help life go right. Give me a call at 615 890 nine zero zero eight five zero and let me help you save by combining your home and auto
4: hello again this is lenny farmer with jennings and heirs funeral home and cremation services whenever i finish with a family helping them pick out their funeral needs locking in the price for the rest of their life they inevitably breathe a sigh of relief saying that wasn't as difficult as i thought you know why because they're shopping with their heads and not with their hearts You can save thousands of dollars when you prearrange ahead of time.
1: Give me a call and see how that works for you at 615-893-2422. Jennings and Ayers. We're doing some flag waving as we celebrate Independence Day in Murfreesboro. The Heart of Tennessee Annual Murfreesboro Fireworks Display will light up the sky at 9 p.m. July 4th. There's a new location on Medical Center Parkway. Although there's no official venue for games, music, or food, you can join us here on WGNS beginning at 7 p.m. from wherever you view the fireworks display for the pre show. We'll have music and surprise guests leading up to a patriotic melody accompanying the fireworks display, all heard on FM 100.5, 101.9, and AM 1450. The Heart of Tennessee annual Murfreesboro Fireworks Display, July 4th, is presented by the City of Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation. Murfreesboro Police Department, Murfreesboro Fire and Rescue, and WGNS Radio. Find a place in the Medical Center Parkway area, bring a picnic, your lawn chairs, and listen to WGNS beginning at 7 p.m., leading up to the 9 p.m. fireworks display set to music.
0: All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com.
3: Welcome back to All Sports Talk, joined today by Larry Woody. First shot president. I mean, um, (laughs) that's Andy Herzer. I'm going back to yesterday. Longtime sports writer, author, and columnist. Larry, um, you know, there's always developing things with the COVID now. Um, Tennessee high school football will not uh, start on time. Looks like they're getting pushed back to September 18th, which is about a month. It's exactly a month um, later than normal. That's unless the governor... Uh, makes the TSSAA exempt from his order, uh, which I would be surprised if he did with that. Um, so it's hitting home now, too.
2: Well, Martin, as far as i is that nobody has a clue what's going to happen. If you, if
4: you're,
2: if you're in my guess, but just as a so-called expert. The more i the experts talk, the less confidence I have in them. I don't think they have a clue what's going on. And maybe understandably because it's never happened before. There's never been a, a virus like this, a pandemic like this, and nobody knows how to handle it. Nobody knows what's going to happen. <clears throat> and that's a, that's a simple bottom line. Nobody has any idea. You know, you and I have been optimistic from the start last three months that it would kind of play itself out over the summer. And by this fall, along about football season, things would start getting back to normal. And I thought, Marty, we'd have a football season in some form. And I thought it might be where the SEC just plays Interconference games and that kind of thing, but I I was pretty pretty well pretty pretty confident that we would have football in some form. I'm 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 not confident anymore. I think maybe this this thing flares up again, say the week before the season starts, and all mm-hmm. at once half the team tests positive for the virus and half the coaching staff. They won't have any choice. So they'll just have to, to to cancel the season. That'll be the end of it. Along with every other sport, same goes for NASCAR, Major League Baseball. The NFL, the NFL won't have any choice. If players and coaches start testing positive, the NFL will have to, have to cancel everything. So, again, Marty, the bottom line <clears throat> is what we said for three and a half months now, nobody has a clue what's going to happen. We we just don't know. I, I, I still hope that this thing will play itself out and maybe by some miracle invent a, a, a vaccine for it. But that still seems a long way off. But, again, I, I still try to be optimistic that it will play itself out on, on through the summer. <laughs> and, and by late summer, maybe it will be in a position where we can kind of get back to normal sports-wise. But, again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm less optimistic right now than I was last week when we talked. It's just, uh, it, you know, the flare-ups and, and, and that kind of thing. It's just, uh, it, you know, it's it, it shaping my confidence is what I'm trying to say.
3: Yeah, well, you know, you look uh, the South Carolina's governor said the rising cases could sideline high school and college football in the state. Um, Pac-12 commissioner says the recent outbreaks are, bring added challenges. Oklahoma's football team had 14 test positive. So it's it's. – I'm like you. I, I was like, you know, 70-30 there'd be football and I'm – um, I'm certainly not there at this point.
2: Well, Monty, as I said before, my, my daughter-in-law is a professor at Penn State and she's teaching summer school online, but she says the word is now that it's unlikely that students are going to return to campus at Penn State for the start of the fall semester. And James Franklin and, and the coach and the, and the athletic people at Penn State have said if the students are on campus, they're not going to play. So again, my, my daughter-in-law Meg. Says the, the word among the, the, the faculty is it's unlikely that that they will have on-campus classes. Now it hasn't been it hasn't been officially decided yet. She says it may be another you know, two, three, four weeks before anything is officially decided. because they kind of wait to see what's going to happen? But as we speak, it's looking you know looking dismal for, for a, a big football school like Penn State and even uh, in, in T.S.U. my school right there in, in Murphyboro You know I know the, the plan now is to to go ahead and prepare for the season as uh, schedule. But now what if on a Friday night before the season opener a lot of the players test positive for the virus and coaches, staff and that kind of thing. Or even a water boy, you know, just one person connected with the team that's around the team, I'm assuming body the entire team would have to be quarantined. So what could happen the night before before the Saturday season opening and things would just have to shut down. So there uh, are just so many unknowns and again I you know, I, 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 I tried to be optimistic, but I'm afraid I'm getting less, less optimistic other days. day that, that we just don't know what's going to happen with this thing. And because it, it's unprecedented, and started, we, don't have, we don't have anything to go on It's like, But it's like, Marty, we're getting ready to play a football game we can't get into game film to study. <laughs> we, we don't know what the opponent's doing. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I'm just I'm very uh, optimistic, to be honest with you.
3: All right, Larry, short and sweet today. And uh, enjoy your time out there in the country.
2: I, I will do it, Marty. You ought to make a day trip over here sometime. It's a it's a wonderful trip of Bell Buckle uh, uh, Fourth Race and uh, and just just a great great day, day trip to wander around beautiful countryside. All
3: right, enjoy yourself, Larry.
2: Great, Marty. You too.
3: That's Larry Woody joining us today. Always appreciate his insight. Um, Major League Baseball, by the way, Rob Manford. Uh, Commissioner uh, said, quote, Major League will be lucky to complete a 60-game season. Yeah, I mean, with all these outbreaks, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do, you know. Um, I don't know what they're going to do in Tennessee. Uh, the NFL has um, canceled two preseason games, the first one and the last one. If you're a Titan season ticket holder, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who they were playing. I think one one of them was the Bears. I can't remember who the the other one is. So um, anyway, uh, looking kind of bleak in a lot of ways. All righty, uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back, and Chip Walters will join us with the Blue Raider Insider report.
5: Edmund Lee Raymer here with you with the Evelyn Lee Raymer Show. I want you to tune in with us every Sunday night from 8 until 10. We'll talk about some politics, some local politics, national politics, And a little bit of everything. That's the Ebon Lee Reimer Show with you every Sunday night from 8 till 10. As
6: we keep you updated with the latest traffic, it's a lot of radar up and down the interstate out here. Watch your speed. They're really starting to crack down as we get into the holiday weekend. Again, up and down I-24. Slow it down. THP chasing people down, giving them a ticket, trying to spoil their holiday weekend. For that perfect getaway just outside Gatlinburg, check out Cosby Creek Cabins. Log on to CosbyCreekCabins.com. I'm Commander Chief. Chuck, with your on-time traffic. Hey folks, I'm Stephen Reynolds, the man in the middle. Join me every Friday for a new episode of my podcast exclusively on
1: WGNSRadio.com
0: I'm State Farm Agent Bud Morris. It's smart to protect them together. Give me a call at 615-893-1417. And let me help you save by combining your home and auto. All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com.
3: Welcome back to All Sports Talk. It's time for the Blue Raider Insider Report with Chip Walters. Chip, what's up?
5: Well, good afternoon, everybody, and let's start out with Women's Golf, and the Women's Golf Coaches Association released the list of 2020 All-American Scholars earlier this week. Head Coach Chris Adams' squad placed a record-tying four honorees on the list for the second consecutive season and for the fourth time in program history. Middle Tennessee's Sophie Burks, Catherine Caudill, Savannah Quick, and Madison Smith each earned the prestigious honor, with Burks making the cut for the third time, and Caldwell being honored for the second time. Middle Tennessee also totaled four honorees in 2008, 2009, and 2019, and have now boasted multiple honorees for seven consecutive years to be named an All-American Scholar. Student-athletes must maintain a 3.5 or better GPA, have high moral character, and participate in at least half of their team's competitions in the current season in order to be named an All-American scholar. All right, on the men's side in golf, head coach Mark McIntyre announced earlier this week the hiring of Cody Provo as Middle Tennessee's new assistant coach. A former professional golfer and collegiate standout at Clemson, Provo brings a strong record of success as both a player and a coach at multiple levels to the Blue Raider program. Provo's resume includes six mini-tour victories as a professional as well as appearances on both the PGA and Web.com tours. An all-ACC performer, he was a member of four NCAA regional teams at Clemson and helped the Tigers reach the NCAA National Championships twice in a career that included 11 top 10 finishes and six top five finishes. A Leesville, South Carolina native, Provo earned his undergraduate degree in sociology with a minor in athletic leadership from Clemson in 2017, where he was a member of the Dean's List twice. A two-time recipient of the Jay Haas Award, given to the top junior golfer in South Carolina, while competing for Pelion High School, Provo now sponsors a scholarship that benefits Pelion student-athletes. So congratulations to Coach McIntyre of getting a new assistant coach that comes in with outstanding credentials. All right, a former Blue Raider soccer player has uh, gotten a new job. Kelsey Brower, uh, former goalkeeper at Middle Tennessee from 2012 to 2015. She was a 2015 Conference USA Defensive Player of the Year, is a new assistant coach for Purdue. For the last uh, two years, she has spent her time at Tennessee Tech, where she served as an assistant coach, a standout goalkeeper. Brower went on to play professionally after earning Conference Defensive Player of the Year accolades at Middle Tennessee. Kelsey Brower, great player at Middle Tennessee. She is now on the staff at Purdue. Well, comings and goings, Randall Johnson, who was a, a heralded junior college quarterback out of uh, California that just never really got things going here at Middle Tennessee has uh, popped up again. He is now uh, transferred out of Middle Tennessee and will play the remainder of his career at Weber State in junior college. He threw for 2,800 yards and 28 touchdowns, had eight interceptions in 2018, and rushed for nearly 800 yards and 14 touchdowns. But uh, he will continue his college career at Weber State in Ogden, Utah. All right, that's it for uh, this afternoon. Hope everybody has a very safe uh, 4th of July weekend, and uh, take care of yourself and be nice to each other. Have a great weekend. Talk to you on Monday.
3: All right, Chip, we appreciate you as always. Have a great uh, 4th of July weekend. We'll talk to you next week, and we'll remind everyone the... Blue Raider Inside Report brought to you by Wayne Blair and Rayborn Insurance, Steve Ruckard and RAI Advisors, and Mike Tanzel and My Team Insurance. We'll be taking a break right now. We'll be back and be joined by MTSU men's basketball coach Nick McDevitt.
5: Hi, I'm Chip Walters with Exit Realty Bob Lamb and Associates. These are unprecedented times we're going through. All of us in any kind of business are taking precautions. I'm here today to tell you that we're still doing business and I'm subscribing to the best practices about personal interaction. Technology is our ally, from virtual home tours to digital document movement and signing. My website is my digital hub at choosechip.net. Homes are still being bought and sold, and I'm here to do that in a safe, responsible manner and to be your trusted advisor in real estate.
0: All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com.
3: back to all sports talk we're now going to be joined by nick mcdevitt the head men's basketball coach at mtsu how are you today coach
4: i'm doing great thanks for
3: having me on money what have you been doing with yourself during this time
4: (laughs) oh man trying to to stay safe and stay home uh with my wife and our two kids uh cooper and katie uh cooper turned six here uh in about a week and uh Katie our 2 year old has recently started back uh at her uh at her preschool her daycare so uh, just really been uh, looking at the same four walls for the last several months and in the meantime uh doing a lot of uh, work with our current players and recruiting so uh having zoom meetings all the time uh just uh, I think what a lot of people around the world are really doing these days trying to Uh, you know, slow the spread of this uh, virus by staying smart, stay at home, and uh, get some work done in the meantime.
3: Zoom uh, has made things a lot uh, easier on some folks. (laughs) Yes, it has. It's
4: it's a great way to stay in touch and and, uh, be able to see people's faces at the same time. So uh, it's a a tool that we have utilized with our own family, uh, but also with our team as well.
3: Well, to show my age uh, I remember when I was a little kid, they had these photo illustrations of one day you could talk on the phone and see the person you're talking to so uh <laughs> that day is here yeah. of course, you know there was the 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 phones were rotary dial, you know, you know mm-hmm. so you had all that <laughs> all right coach um uh, let's get into conference u s a first um just some uh I know baseball's done some changes, basketball's done a little bit um they're not gonna do the bonus play this year. I don't believe, and uh only eight teams will make the tournament now that's for this year, obviously that's a cost cutting move, but just your thoughts on those two items
4: well, obviously uh in a in a uh usual or or normal uh situation. Uh, Those aren't ideal moves, but uh, under the current circumstances, uh, you know, you just have to think outside the box and figure out ways to be uh, fiscally responsible, uh, keeping the the players' uh, safety and their health at the forefront of the decisions that we're making, both as institutions and as a league. And, uh, you know, the the league membership um, just voted that we would uh, go away from, from pod play. Uh, that was something that those last four games, you just don't know where you're headed until really perhaps right up until the, the buzzer sounds that last game, that 14th game. So planning and pre-planning and, and getting cheaper flights and better deals on hotel rooms, you know, everybody just trying to find ways to, to uh, cut costs. And that was uh, one way that we were able to do that. Uh in addition, it uh we we, we uh went from a twelve team conference USA basketball tournament to an eight team. Uh eliminating those four teams eliminated one day of the tournament and that one day cut costs for uh renting the facility, uh the amount of teams that would have to travel to Frisco. And so uh when you look at uh, the overall picture, uh those two moves uh just uh as a league when you think about all fourteen teams as well as what the conference USA office is spending as well, uh were pretty drastic measures. Uh large cost uh saving uh things that were implemented or gonna be implemented. So uh again, uh not ideal, uh but we're not in an ideal situation right now either.
3: Yeah, and you know, I look at the tournament, you know, I look at you guys two years ago, you know, you got in and got that last spot uh but at the end of the year you were playing about as good as anybody. So, you know, if, yeah. if you're, you're 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 down there in the 11th, 12th range and you're, you know, you're going to look at the standings uh um you know, some people might say, well what's there to play for? Now, I know kids are going to be competitive and that type of thing, but I guess that's a, a unfortunate uh negative byproduct of, of doing this.
4: Yeah, you know, I think there's there's always, uh, you know, things that uh, uh, you look ahead of what might be uncomfortable and, and make some, uh, you know, some teams not very happy. I mean, you, you could think of scenarios because we don't play a balanced schedule. Uh, not everybody in the league plays every other team an equal number of times. And so then how do you determine those tiebreakers uh, multiple years over the last several years, uh, the teams around that seven, eight, nine uh, area have been in multiple team ties, multi-team ties. Uh, one year there was a four-way tie at seven, eight, nine, and ten, and so you could see yourself here in, a, in several months uh, with teams that are tied for seventh uh, being left out of the tournament, and uh, you know that's that's tough, that's difficult, you know where. Uh, perhaps you played the more challenging schedule, but uh, for whatever reason, uh, could potentially get left out uh, based on a tiebreaker scenario. Uh, but to, to finish in a tie for the middle of your your league and uh, be left out of your conference tournament—that's uh, tough. And uh, but that that is a scenario that could happen. Uh, but we all know that going into it, so you gotta, you know, you gotta fight your way towards the top of the league standings uh, in in hopes of avoiding uh, such an outcome.
3: Um, well, as one coach told me, he goes, I just hope we're playing.
4: That's right. <laughs> I mean, I think at this point, uh, that that's what we all want as, as coaches, as athletes, as fans, uh, administrators, everybody's just hopeful and, and, uh, trying to do the best that we can to, to have a, uh, as close to normal sports season and, and upcoming years we can obviously football, uh, soccer, volleyball, those those seasons are quickly approaching and so we're all trying to be really smart about what we're doing and not uh, further endanger the ability to get those seasons up and running. Uh, you know, you, you see the NBA season right now, they're still trying to finish last season, you know, this past year and uh, if it gets up and running as they project, it's going to bump right up into the start of this upcoming NBA season. So uh, they could be playing a, a lot of basketball over the next, uh, coming months and, uh, you know, such is the position that we're in, we're just hoping that, um, in, in November that, that we can get started.
3: Coach, uh, coach McDevitt, um, MTSU men's basketball coach join us today. Coach, um, uh, how many of your players are here now?
4: Uh, currently we have four, um, you know, Donovan Sims obviously is local. Uh, Jace Johnson is is back in town. And then uh, we have two other young men that missed some time over the course of the past year, DeAndre Dishman and and J.V. Milner, who had surgeries uh, uh, during the year. Obviously, DeAndre missed the entire season, and and J.V. missed several games as well. So they're they're back uh, doing some rehab uh, while they're here. Uh, But the rest of our players are at home at the moment.
3: And... um... When of course I guess um, when the rest of them get here, you can have them probably what just was it been eight hours a week under normal circumstances?
4: That's right. Uh, you know, during your playing season, you can have them twenty hours a week. Uh, in the off season, you can have them eight hours a week. Uh, those eight hours include really anything that's that's mandatory, whether it be a team meeting, uh, a weight session, a run session or anything that you do on the court. And so uh, the, the date in which we can get back to work uh, and have those mandatory sessions um, is uh, still undetermined. Uh, it, it, it's normally you have an eight week session when school is in session in the summer. You can have an eight week period where you're able to use those eight hours per week um, because of uh, the coronavirus, that the start and end date has uh, already moved multiple times, so we're we're kind of trying to hit a, a moving target right now. Uh, but so is everybody else. And so, um, you know, when we get our guys back, I know this they're they're anxious to get back and get to work. Uh, we had several players, uh, five including DeAndre, uh, that sat out this past year. Four D1 transfers as well as uh, Dish. And then with our newcomers, uh, they're just—they're—they're just, they're, they're really <laughs> just uh, itching to get back here, get to work, be around each other a little bit. Uh, obviously, in a smart way, in a smart manner. Uh, but uh, really, just excited to to get to work and and uh, hopefully have a great year.
3: We're joined today by Nick McDevitt, MTSU men's basketball coach. We'll take a quick break and be right back.
6: Commander Chuck, and it's my goal to get you to and from work each weekday around the congestion and all the accidents. Listen for my traffic reports every weekday morning and afternoon here on News Radio WGNS and see real-time traffic information at ontimetraffic.net. As we keep you updated with the latest traffic, it's a lot of radar up and down the interstate out here. Watch your speed. They're really starting to crack down as we get into the holiday weekend. Again, up and down the I-24. Slow it down. THP chasing people down, giving them a ticket, trying to spoil their holiday weekend. For that perfect getaway just outside Gatlinburg, check out Cosby Creek Cabins. Log on to CosbyCreekCabins.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your
1: on-time traffic.
2: We do it your way, in. Yeah.
1: Sir Pizza Spurl's favorite pizza is open for dine-in with social distancing and special precautions of course you can still order online call in for pickup and have Sir Pizza
5: delivered to your door Parks Auction, we handle everything. Whether you're buying or selling a home
4: or whether you're buying or selling commercial property, the auction is just so much easier, quicker,
2: smoother. My wife and I sold our personal home, Parks Auctions, and helped us with that. The house brought about 20% more than we were going to ask for.
0: Visit our website at parksauction.com to learn more. Hi,
1: I'm now $15. Stan Vaught and the Parks Auction team are proud supporters of local high school and MTSU sports.
0: 30. 30. All sports talk on News Radio w- WGNS, FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at wgnsradio.com.
3: Back to All Sports Talk. This portion brought to you by First Bank. Locations in the borough, Woodbury, Nashville, and 46 others across the state. That's First Bank. Uh, Nick McDevitt, MTSU men's basketball coach, join us. Coach, uh, tell us about your newcomers, in- including those who set out last year.
4: Uh, well, first of all, the, the guys that set out, uh, we had three guys, three guards that were sitting out. Uh, Brian Coffey. Uh, a transfer from North Florida, uh, Jordan Davis, a transfer from Dayton, and Jalen Jordan, a transfer from St. Francis of Brooklyn. Uh, all three guys uh, you know, are, are certainly going to help with productivity and depth in our backcourt. Uh, all combo guards uh, are, are good off the bounce, can pass, dribble, shoot uh, at, a, at a high level. Um, both Jalen Jordan, the kid from St. Francis, the young man from St. Francis, and Jordan Davis were both two-year starters at the previous schools, uh, starting as freshmen and sophomores. So um, we're really excited about the addition of those two. Uh, Marcus Mitchell uh, is another Division One transfer from Mississippi Valley State. He is originally from Memphis and uh, joined our team last year and sat out. So uh, really excited about those four young men. And then uh, the addition of the, the, the newcomers, Christian Fussell being the only high school uh, newcomer. He's so a 6'10", young man, about 225 pounds, uh, and uh, just a, a really good combination of that size and his skill set. Uh, he has good ball skills, a good passer, uh, but really probably his best attribute right now is his his ability to shoot the ball. Uh, he's a really good uh uh, shooter from behind the arc really stretches the floor, forces other teams' post players to come out and uh, defend him away from the basket. So uh, we're excited about his future and uh, his development. And then we've got three transfers uh, in the new class as well. Dontrell Shuler from Charleston Southern uh, averaged 18 a game last year uh, at Charleston Southern, had several big performances, uh, had 34 points in one of his last games, at Charleston Southern, uh, had 24 against Dayton, 15 against Michigan State this past year. So he's just a, a strong 6'2 combo guard who's really aggressive um, and, and just a tough player. Uh, Elias King is a 6-8 transfer guard from Mississippi State. Uh, really talented, can really shoot the ball, a very good passer. Obviously with that kind of size, when you've got a 6-8 guard that can come off ball screens, his uh, his ability to just see the floor, his vision is there, and because of his ability to to pass and, and really shoot the ball, uh, just allows us again to to do multiple things with him. Uh, he's kind of a, a matchup problem because of that size. If you put uh, smaller, quick guys that can really defend on the perimeter, then we're, we can put him in the post and post those guys up because of that size, and he's able to get shots off because he is that big. So. Uh, Really excited about him. Uh, Jared Jones is uh, a transfer from Northwestern. Uh, He's also from the Atlanta area, 6'10", a big body, probably about 240, 250 pounds, and really skilled. Uh, For that big of a body, he can really run the floor. Uh, His end-to-end speed is is really impressive for someone uh, with that size. And he, too, has a nice-looking stroke. Uh, You know, thinking, talking uh, earlier about Christian Fussell, those two young men, Jared Jones and Christian Fussell at 6'10", can really shoot it. And uh, we're excited about uh, the versatility of the group. Um, You know, in effect, when you look at the five guys that sat out last year, along with the four newcomers, uh, it effectively adds nine new players to our game-day roster. So... Uh, we're excited about that and, uh, looking forward to kind of meshing them all together.
3: Um, I was going to say, um, when you, um, well, first of all, the, the four, the, the, transfers, are they immediately eligible or will they set out? Or is that a thing that has to be ruled on?
4: It, it's something that has to be ruled on. Uh, there's a path to get them eligible. Um, and so. Uh, that's that's usually not something that happens overnight, something that uh, happens quickly. But um, we, we're we working on that as we speak, and we'll continue to work on it over the next several weeks and months.
3: Coach, uh, when you, you look at your roster, you, you, you've got a pretty good – obviously you've got a good un- understanding about the league you're in now. Um, what do you think some of the keys for the Blue Raiders will be this year in terms of turning – kind of turning a page, turning a corner, and kind of getting in the mix with some of the upper echelon teams?
4: Well, I think at, at any level, uh, two things. you got to have depth, uh, first of all. Uh, you know, guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to get tired. Guys are going to be sick. Uh, there are things that just happen uh, throughout the course of the year, and you have to have quality depth. Uh, over the last several years, uh, we just haven't had – uh, uh eligible depth you know the a couple of years ago we were uh eight scholarship players uh this past year we we're dressing 10 scholarship players and uh when when you're only dressing that many uh the 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 quality has to be very high and to be quite frank you have to be really lucky uh you all those guys need to stay healthy uh you know not get sick not get hurt don't sprain an ankle. Don't miss games, essentially, uh, that you, you, you've got to be ready to go every game all year long, and uh, we haven't had that either. And so we're, we're excited about uh, not only the, the quantity that we have now with as many eligible players, but also the quality of those players. And so, um, you know, it's, it's exciting as you look at us from top to bottom, uh, the potential that this coming year's team has. Uh, because of those two things, uh, and and uh, you know that's why I think uh, our team has a chance to to really be a lot different than we than we've been.
3: Well, uh, obviously, I know you want to get them, get them there, and get working with them as soon as possible. To as you said, uh, you know, team chemistry is also a big part, and that takes a little while to develop.
4: It does, and I think it's a really big part of. Of any team, any successful team. Uh, I think when you don't have that, you better be uh, easily the most talented team. Uh, and there aren't too many teams at any level that can just out talent their opposition night in and night out. Uh, and so uh, having guys that play, you know, not only with each other, but for each other uh, is always important uh, to understand the ins and outs of each other's game. Uh, the nuances of, of each other and your teammates is really important. Uh, fortunately, we've got a lot of players on our team that have past relationships, even if they are new to our program. Uh, we have uh, a lot of guys from the Atlanta area uh, that have either grown up playing against each other and in some cases with each other, either in high school or on AAU teams. Uh, Dontrell Schuler, who I mentioned earlier, and Jordan Davis, two guys neither of which have played uh, for our program yet, uh, grew up with each other. You know, they grew up right down the road from each other, played on the same AAU team. So although they've never been on the floor together and Don Trail's a newcomer to our program, there's a preexisting, uh, relationship there, uh, which will only, you know, uh, fast track, if you will, that team camaraderie and, and, uh, team togetherness that we'll need this year.
3: Coach, before we let you go, um, the the players that um, have been out, they've been out on their own since you know March. Essentially, uh, what have you told them to do? You know, basketball related. Uh, if there is indeed a place they can get to w- work out or shoot or lift weights, whatever the case may be.
4: Yeah, that's the that's kind of the the tricky part with uh, every player across the country. There are some that have uh, a lot of access. uh, staying in shape uh, keeping their their skills sharp uh, because they do just have access to a gym they can get in uh, several of our uh, players grew up having trainers you know by the time they got to high school they had someone that was working with them on their footwork or their ball handling skills or ability to shoot the ball and starting to get them accustomed to the weight room and so now being back home they're still working out with those folks that have worked them out as they grew up others are in a very different situation they have no access you know where they are the the most of the facilities are closed the high schools are closed uh, there just aren't a lot of um, you know uh, gym membership gym clubs to, to be a part of and have access to so we have a wide range of guys uh, on our team as far as their access to, to staying in shape but even the ones that don't have been doing a pretty good job of just figuring it out. You know, they got a ball. They're doing some things in the driveway. Uh, they're they're running in their neighborhood. They're doing push-ups and sit-ups and uh, body weight exercises to to do the best they can. And that's really all we've asked of them. You know, whatever uh, you have access to, the ability to do, just put as much effort to it as you can. You know, it's it's not possible for everybody to. You know, just walk across the street and there's uh, a a gym that they've got access to. Uh, It's just uh, that's not the case for everybody. But uh, talking to each of our players uh, over the last uh, several months, you know, we we have team Zoom meetings and and individual conversations. uh, It seems like uh, two or three times a week with every player. Uh, They seem to be doing a pretty good job.
3: All right, Coach. Great to catch up with you again. Uh... Good luck on getting all your guys back, and we'll talk to you soon. That sounds great. Thanks again, Bonnie. Thank you, Coach. That's Nick McDevitt joining us today on All Sports Talk. That'll do it for today. Everybody have a great rest of the day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: All sports talk on News Radio WGNS has been brought to you by State Farm agents Andy Womack, Bud Morris, and Deb Ensil. Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. First Bank. Mike Tansel with My Team Insurance. Parks Auction Company. Greg Hall with City Auto Sales. Creekside at Three Rivers Assisted Living. Steve Ruckert with RAI Advisors. Jennings and Ayers Funeral Hall and Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance.